Welcome to the Healthy Works Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Anita Foster and Shane Foster. This mother-son dynamic duo is a force to be reckoned with as leaders with over 30 years of executive experience. This podcast is brought to you by Fostering Healthy Solutions and is designed to offer a safe platform for leaders to share their experiences of diversity, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged. So get prepared because excellence is coming to you. We are excited today because we will be bringing this incredible conversation titled Leading with Pride. With us to expound on this topic is one of the most respected leaders in Nashville, none other than the CEO of the Nashville LGBT Chamber of Commerce, Joe Woolley. The LGBT Chamber of Commerce is the premier advocate of the Greater Nashville Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Business Community, representing over 400 plus businesses, community groups, and individuals in Nashville and the surrounding area. Joe Woolley, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and I'm really excited to to be here. Well, first we'll we'll just start off, for those of you who are listening who, who, who don't know, who Joe Woolley is. Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just anything that we can't find out on Google. Oh boy, what can't you find out on Google? Um, I'm, uh, <laughs> there's a lot out there. Um, born and raised in Idaho, small town um, in Idaho. Um, very rural, conservative area. Um, grew up deep down knowing that uh, I was gay um, and struggled with that. Um, I remember, uh, I guess the thing that you, you wouldn't be able to find on Google is that, uh, I still have my suicide note from, uh, when I was 17 and, um, I wrote it then because I was, I, I told somebody I was gay and they outed me at school. And, um, I remember that being so devastating that I thought my parents were going to find out that I thought people would find out that I was gay, that. I wrote a suicide note. Um, I was going to kill myself. Um, that's not on Google, uh, and I'm sharing that. I don't share it with many, but I want to share it because I think it's important to tell this story that um, kids out there struggle with this. I don't. Nobody chooses to be LGBT. Nobody chooses to be gay. Um, it would be a lot easier uh, if I wasn't, but it's not who I am. So. I wrote this note and I read it to remind myself where I came from. Um, There's a program called the It Gets Better campaign and I believe so strongly in it um, to tell young people it gets better. Um, And it truly has gotten better since I was a a teenager and and wrote that note. Um, But I moved from uh, Idaho as soon as I graduated high school. My friend said, I'm moving to Nashville, Tennessee. My uncle lives there and uh, you should go with me. And um, I thought I had this life all planned out in Idaho where I was going to go to school. I was going to be a police officer, I thought. And um, I jumped at that opportunity. Um, My grandma told me to do it. What do you have to lose? And I packed up my car, moved across the country with her. And we chose Nashville because we had somewhere to stay when we got here. That's really the reason. No, uh, I'm not in the music industry. I didn't move here to, to get my start on Broadway. 
And I was lucky enough to find good people when I got here. Um, my closest friends that I met um, are still my closest friends. Uh, 20 years ago when I met him, a uh, gay couple, and he said, I live with my partner. And I said, you, you live with your business partner? And he's like, no, my, my boyfriend. And this was 20 years ago, so their marriage still wasn't even a, a possibility. We didn't think, nobody thought that way um, back then. And I said, you can live with another guy and, and have a relationship. That was so outside of my world, outside of my thinking, um, being where I was from. And since that moment, since meeting them, uh, I've gotten to know the LGBT community of Nashville. This is home. I met my husband 19 years ago. So right after I moved here, he's the first person that I dated and um, uh, we're still together 19 years later. And I've made this uh, my community. Um, I was one of the founders of the Tennessee Equality Project, one of five founders of that group. Back in 2004, uh, we founded it to push back against LGBT discrimination here in the state. We saw the state marriage amendment come that year, and we knew we needed a grassroots uh, group to, to fight that. And I love TEP. They do incredible work. A couple years later, um, I got involved in the chamber because uh, I saw that business and the, the influence of the business community was much more powerful, unfortunately, than the grassroots support of equality issues here in, in Tennessee. Um, we just don't have the numbers there yet to vote for politicians that believe in LGBT equality in majority. But business supports LGBT equality, and I was like, we can harness that power, we can use that um, to our advantage and to help us. And, and that's why I got involved in the chamber several years ago and really pushed for the organization to move um, into a more advocacy organization. Um, to wrap up, you know, what about me? I went to Belmont, uh, graduated with a journalism degree, moved up to New York for a couple of years and worked in uh, the media for CBS News. Moved back home to Nashville. Um, New York was great, but it wasn't for me. And I came back here and uh, started my own business and got involved in the chamber. And now here we are. Thank you for being so candid and vulnerable with us right out of the gate. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. You do have a voice and a story by which so many need to hear. And that story just may have saved a life. And so I appreciate your vulnerability with us. Um, today. Thank you so much. Let me ask you, what is the significance of the LGBT chamber in Nashville right now in that community and space? And what are some of the challenges that you are facing as I hear you speak about it's not where you would like for it to be and how you would envision it to be? So can you expand upon that some? Yeah. Um, so the chamber started out 22 years ago uh, here in Nashville back in 1998, but it started out not as the Nashville LGBT Chamber. It started out as the Nashville Association of Professional People, NAPP. And it did that because at that time, um, the people that formed the chamber, LGBT people, were afraid to be out at work. They were afraid to have gay or lesbian in an email that might come from a group. They were afraid to, um, it was a different world back then. And 
they weren't able to put LGBT in the name. They would meet at um, friendly business establishments that um, didn't have an issue with uh, them being gay or, and lesbian. And uh, they trade cards and network and, and do just the same things that we do now, but it was in a more um, closeted way because the world was so different. They weren't closeted, but the world and what they had to do and how they could be out publicly was much more closeted. So it started 22 years ago as NAP. And then as the LGBT movement expanded and LGBT equality uh, rights and the way we think about LGBT people grew, um, the chamber grew. And it became a true chamber of commerce um, and then hired its first CEO, um, Lisa Howe, uh, who was fired from Belmont University for coming out to her um, students. She was a soccer coach and she told them that her and her wife were having a child. And there's a, there was a big controversy with that, um, her and Belmont. The chamber hired her to be the first CEO um, of the organization. The chamber has always been there to support professionally LGBT people. You can go to a bar, you can find community in, a, in many different areas. This is the um, place that you find for professional LGBT connections. And in the last few years, we've really had a, a focus on advocacy and really fighting for our LGBT businesses. And just like all minority businesses, LGBT owned businesses are a minority owned business. We are a marginalized community, a minority community, and we face unique challenges um, just like all other minorities face in the way we do business and, and the rights that we have when we do those businesses. And then that takes on a, a specific um, uh, issue when you are a minority of a minority, when you are a marginalized community of a marginalized community. So a black lesbian is facing multiple layers of discrimination um, than just being a black female owned business. Um, uh, Latino uh, uh, gay male is facing multiple areas of marginalization to run his business. So we often talk about how the LGBT chamber and the LGBT community is the most diverse community there is. We're every race, um, color, creed, um, group inside of the LGBTQ plus group. And the LGBT community is a, a very uh, diverse group as well. Um, what do we do here in Nashville? We really fight for our members, um, represent our members. We say that we advocate, educate, and connect. Those are the three main things that our chamber does. Uh, we advocate um, here at the local level. We advocated for Metro to recognize LGBT owned businesses. We advocate for um, that recognition with other um, organizations. We represent and advocate for policies in corporate America and small businesses. Education, we do tons of education on the opportunities that are out there. And then connection, um, connection is what we talk about when we talk about networking, um, being the connector of the community between Metro and the LGBT community being the connector between um, corporate America and the nonprofit community and the different LGBT groups that are out there and really just representing the community and the business aspect of, of, the, of the work we do. 
We're the Nashville LGBT Chamber, but we operate quite a bit at the state level. Um, and there's been discussion of creating, a, moving to a Tennessee LGBT Chamber of Commerce. It's needed now more than ever with the continued attacks that uh, the LGBT community face from the state legislature. Our biggest thing that we have done on advocacy and really in general, and what I think is getting a lot of attention right now, <clears throat> is as Nashville has grown, so has grown our chamber and our numbers. And our big corporate members continue to grow. And Alliance Bernstein came to town a couple years ago. And for a long time, we would talk to corporate America um, after they were here, they would get involved with us. Alliance Bernstein, is a game-changing uh, corporation for us, game-changing member. They came to town and asked the mayor's office in the area chamber, we wanna to speak to your LGBT chamber. We wanna hear about the LGBT community. They need a seat at this table. And the mayor at the time put us at that table, which was so important. Uh, you gotta have your seat at the table. And then once we've gotten that, I've made sure to keep that seat there. And um, they're concerned about attracting and retaining talent. They want to attract and retain the best talent out there. And to do that, they have to have a state that they live in that um, is welcoming and open for everybody. And anti-LGBT legislation makes corporate America very worried. You can see that in the North Carolina um, bathroom bill and the boycott that followed and the billions and billions of dollars that North Carolina lost. We are worried that Tennessee is going to step in front of that train um, by passing discriminatory legislation. And we work very hard uh, at the state level to make sure that doesn't happen. It'll affect Nashville hard, and that's why we're involved in it. But it affects the entire state. It affects all the everybody living in the state. Uh, we have research that shows people will leave the state if this type of uh, legislation passes, and they're definitely not going to come here. So this year, before the COVID-19 outbreak, we had uh, a slate of hate. We coined it that last year and thought we had a lot, but this year we had even more. And we were fighting, pushing back on those bills to stop them from passing. Everything from, we can get into the different bills, but they were all discriminatory. And, and um, Alliance Bernstein's here. Amazon was not quite here last year and Amazon really stepped up last year to to throw their weight around and make sure that their voice was heard on what they thought about this legislation. And then this year, it's been reported in the news so I can speak about it, but I was on the phone a lot with Oracle and then several other um, corporations that are looking to relocate to Nashville, making sure they knew where things sat at the state level um, with this legislation. And they helped me put pressure on the governor and the other leaders at the state level saying, this is an issue for us. They would say, this was their first issue, discriminatory legislation, and then their second issue is that bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest sitting in the halls of the Capitol. Corporations do not understand that and they are disgusted by it, frankly. So that's the work that we do. I've really pushed the organization into an advocacy tilt. Um, and, and that's really where we're, I think, making um, the biggest impact um, in the state. But we have a big impact on our LGBT community direct to their lives and their connections that they can make. And I think it's important for our listeners, if, if there's someone who 
hears um, the advocacy and to hear um, the ability to truly make an impact, um, both corporately as well as in the community. And they say, you know what? That sounds like something I want to do. That sounds like that's where I want to be. You know, how do they go about engaging their community, maybe starting a chamber or getting involved um, at the community and the corporate level? Um, and even in the advocacy as it relates to many of the laws that you're talking about here? Um, just in general, get involved. That's getting involved in um, a nonprofit that helps youth out to get them off the street, and that's your passion, get involved there. If it's getting involved politically to stop discriminatory legislation or to pass something that you, like, if you believe in gun control or if you don't believe in Getting involved is the key. I think you see in our world right now in America, there is a segment of the population and the culture that is much more involved in the ways they need to be involved to make change than the others. And then the others sit back and say, well, I don't want this to happen. Well, it starts with, did you vote? And then if you didn't vote, it's really hard to like, make a change if you're not doing that fundamental thing. But after that, do you volunteer? Do you get involved? Do you frequent businesses from your small business on the corner up to the corporate member that you're giving your business to as well? Do you give those businesses your hard-earned dollars um, because they support the things that you believe in? Um, I think that's what we really talk about. So support these restaurants that believe in equality if that's your issue. And we're going to make it easy for you to do that. Support and um, appreciate the big corporations that have the communities back as allies and are in their own way fighting for our equality. And then get involved. Get involved is my thing. Is that from voting to um, be a member of the chamber, support our work. It, it, that's as little as you can do. If you just support the work that we do or the work that the Black Chamber does, or the Hispanic Chamber, or the Tennessee Latin America Chamber, support those organizations, join them as a member or give them a donation. Um, just don't sit back and complain, is my thing that I preach all the time. Getting on Twitter and Facebook and posting your beliefs, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. You've got to get boots on the ground, you've got to get involved, you've got to get your hands dirty and work if you want to affect change in this uh, world. Andy, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, many people might be wondering how in today's pandemic world, uh, COVID-19 has completely changed our life. Uh, it has hit us like a ton of bricks. Um, maybe like LGBT has hit communities like a ton of bricks when they first came on the scene and trying to pivot to that new normal and being adjusted to that new diversity that we so much need. Um, can you tell us some of the uh, implications that COVID-19 is having right now um, in the community? I love me some Andy Cohen, all right? So uh, that, that's my boy. <laughs> and so it was just so heartbreaking to hear his story and how he could absolutely helped somebody and was not afforded the opportunity to do so, which really just raises this red flag that we're not where we think we are 
we're definitely not where we should be, but we don't, we're not where we think we are. So can you elaborate on, on your feelings uh, about that and how we can move forward? Um, ignorance of education, how, how do we move forward in, in that way? Um, I think the key to moving forward on any issue is educating on that issue. So from Stonewall and the riots that sparked the pride movement to marriage equality five years ago, that is a huge movement in a very short amount of time on people's perceptions, beliefs around gay and lesbian people being able to marry and have basic rights. And I say gay and lesbian being very specific there because there is an LGBT movement and marriage equality um, was often and is often seen as a gay and lesbian movement. But the movement was very quick when you look at the struggle of, of civil rights. Um, and that was because in the words of Harvey Milk, he said, come out, come out wherever you are, tell your story. So I started my story today by telling you how I came out and, and you know, my hardship and my journey to be the, the out and proud person that I am today. Um, it was a struggle. We struggled and persevered and told our stories and told our relationship stories and we achieved marriage equality. And I think after that, a large part of the community was like, we did it, we've solved the problem, now I'm just gonna live my life. The struggle is not over. Uh, you can be married on Saturday and fired on Monday in um, over half the states in this country. There is no protection, uh, workforce protection for being LGBT. They can fire you for being gay, they can fire you for being uh, transgender, and um, there's a lot of work to be done there. There's a ton of protection and work and education that has to be done talking about transgender issues. Um, people get lesbian, gay, um, you've got marriage now, I might not agree with it, but it's the norm. And then you talk about transgender issues. There is such fear and um, misinformation and people just aren't educated on what that issue is. So we have got to continue to educate and tell the stories of transgender people um, and why, uh, what they're under attack from and then uh, how they need help and, and like more about them. We've got to educate. Andy coming out and telling his story was a key to that. He's educating the community of the discrimination that he faced. And it really shook a lot of people because unless you're a gay man, you probably don't know that you can't go down to the Red Cross and donate blood and help your fellow uh, human, the fellow humans. Um, but I know, I know that I can't. I've been told that since I came out. Um, I've been told that since I was a young person, I went to go give blood and volunteer and, and give back. And right there, one of the top questions is, um, are you a homosexual? And um, that still exists. That came from the AIDS epidemic, another virus that was unleashed on humanity and ravaged the community. Um, America didn't shut down like it did uh, for COVID because it affected a very specific population. Um, AIDS still affects a very specific population. Um, the highest rates of, of HIV are in uh, gay men and um, black men in the black community. So there is 
it doesn't discriminate either. The virus can be spread around anywhere, but just as in COVID, there are higher rates in certain communities and they for sure, the other communities are impacted at a much different way than they are the majority community. So Andy told his story, he could give plasma, plasma can help cure COVID, um, but the government just loosened those restrictions on donating blood uh, just two months ago when the shortage happened. They could have done that policy at any time, but they did it because they needed as much blood as they could. So oh, now you want my blood because you're in a hard situation. Um, why didn't you need my blood? You know, what makes it right now? Just the necessity of it. Um, and my plasma isn't as good as somebody else's plasma just because I love um, somebody of the same sex. It's just, there's still policies like that all over the place that are just uh, unequal and, and unfair, and we've got to continually work on that. I took heat from my community, though, on that statement on the, on the blood donations because I said, this is a positive thing. This is a step forward. This is something we've been fighting for for a long time. Um, and I took the good, but also pointed out the discrimination that it came from. Several in the community said, you know, don't even, don't give it, this is bad, don't congratulate them. I'm a centrist, I don't think we can be extreme on either side, and when we have a win like that, let's take the win and then continue again to educate on how we got the win, why it was there, and then maybe make some, some longer changes um, after that, some bigger changes. The work of diversity and inclusion is not just the right thing to do, it's what's best for business. That's why Fostering Healthy Solutions was created to help you achieve results. Whether there's a lack of diversity, difficult questions about gender, or unconscious bias, nothing should stand in the way of your business achieving excellence. Visit www.fosteringhealthysolutions.com to book your free consultation today. It's time to cultivate diversity issues with excellence. I just want to remind our listeners that the LGBT Chamber of Commerce is the premier advocate of the Greater Nashville Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Business Community, representing over 400 plus businesses, community groups, and individuals in Nashville and the surrounding area. Joe Woolley, thank you again for being our guest today. Joe, what are some of the myths as it relates to the LGBTQ community that need to be debunked today? Well, we just talked about one, blood donation from gay men. Um, you are not at a higher risk of getting, like if gay men were donating blood, there's not a higher risk that you're going to have HIV or another um, disease in the blood. The blood supply is screened for everybody. There's, there's no difference from uh, straight people donating than gay people. All of that blood is tested. So there's a myth, um, a myth that Let's see, there, there are so many that I constantly work at trying to, um, to talk about and, and clarify. Um, you know, that, that we're different in any real way. Like the number of people that I know that are just 
normal raising families, trying to make a living, getting by in this world. Um, it's really about just, you know, who we, so that LGBT, we could get into the discussion of LGBT and what that means. So lesbians are women that are attracted to women. Um, gay men are attracted to gay men, bisexual attracted to both. And then there's the transgender uh, community, which is part of our community. Um, one lesbian and being lesbian or gay is who you go to bed with and transgender is who you go to bed as is a way to think about this because there's a lot of um, myths and misinformation about about the community and the, the overall you know how you talk about it and that we are one cohesive group um, I think that's the bigger myth is people say the LGBT community that LGBT community sometimes and you think about it of what you know about it so if all you've ever seen is um, Rocky Horror Picture Show or um, a movie that stereotypes a group, that might be all you ever know and ever think. If you have a gay uncle or a lesbian aunt, maybe that's what you think of the community. They think that we're all one thing and we're not. It's a very diverse community. And the transgender community um, is dealing with very different things than the lesbian gay community. Um, but both are marginalized and both are persecuted and denied rights um, for similar reasons. So it's really not a myth, but it's just kind of an education of that process. I go in and I talk to corporations a lot in, in different groups, and I love to get to the point where it's like, ask me any question that you want to ask me, um, if you would ask it in a workplace. And if it is respectful. And if I feel like you're coming from a, a place of respect, there is nothing that will offend me and I will work to answer any question that you might have. And as long as you keep those rules, it's really amazing when they feel safe, when people feel safe to ask the questions that they've wondered about. And that goes back to my point earlier about educating. One of the most common things I, I get asked is, well, what is Q? You know, it's LGBT. Some people say LGBTQ, and then there's the LGBTQ plus. And it's a spectrum of um, issues. They all fall under the LGBT umbrella. Um, we only categorize LGBT businesses. So therefore, we've never changed our name to expand it um, more broadly. Also, Q, which stands for queer, um, is an offensive word to many. Um, young people identify with Q, queer, um, much more than older LGBT people. So around 35, queer goes from being an identifier, I'm part of the queer community, right around 35 and all the polling uh, and national data and then the data that we have at, here at the chamber, um, at 35 and above, queer becomes a derogatory. Those were people that were called queer on the playground, smear the queer, um, and they do not want to be called queer. And again, with education, young, queer people want to have everybody else called that as well. And they don't sometimes educate themselves on what queer means to an older uh, population. And they don't work to educate that older population that finds it offensive, why it's important for them to be called queer. They don't wanna be quote labeled as LGBT. They think queer is a more broad label, something easier to identify by. 
um, again, education and communication on these issues, even within our own community, um, is key. So the biggest myth I think about our community, and I talk about it a lot, and I see it in the work that we do, is that we are all on the same page with things, that the LGBT community thinks the same way and acts the same way and wants the same things. It does not. It's like any other community out there. Uh, it's very diverse and um, often competes against itself in um, what it's trying to achieve. And there's no one leader, there's no um, set agenda. Um, so I think, I think I would leave it there as uh, that's the biggest myth. You know, that's um, something that people don't realize. People are people, regardless of what you have going on inside of you. And so there is something that the LGBT community is on the same page about, and that is Gay Pride Month. It's yeah. almost here. Yes. So tell us what that means to you. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, and we love a party. It doesn't matter what the party <laughs> is about. It doesn't matter what the celebration is for. We're ready. And so... Tell us about Gay Pride Month being in June and, and what that means. Um, I'm very sure there's some educational pieces to that and, and what all goes along with that. Yeah, so June uh, is Pride Month and it started 50, this is the 51st anniversary of Pride. And it, it, we recognize it because of the Stonewall riots in New York um, 51 years ago where the police raided a, a gay bar in New York City and the drag queens that performed there and the gays and lesbians that frequented it and were part of the neighborhood, they rioted. And um, the Stonewall riots uh, took place and then they had a parade the following year. And so to, this year is the 50th anniversary of the first parade and the Pride celebration, but it was all sparked by a riot, um, which was 51 years ago. And every year in June, uh, across the country and across the world, uh, people, LGBT people and allies celebrate gay pride. And it's all about love. It is literally like love, love. That's the, you have a rainbows everywhere and love is the, the word of the day. And that's just love each other, accept each other, support each other um, and have fun. It is a party, that's for sure. Uh, wherever you're at, you're gonna have a good time. Um, National Pride has grown leaps and bounds. I remember moving here in 2000, I didn't even know what Pride was, and it was just a small, maybe two, three hundred people um, down on Broadway in 2001, and then in Centennial Park in, in the years after that. Um, then it moved downtown, and now it's at um, uh, Public Square, and it averages 35 to 40,000 people for the weekend. Um, with top music headliners. And a lot of people think it's all about the festival. It really is a month-long celebration of the LGBT community and um, showing your pride, being proud about who you are, not hiding, um, and just being happy and sh showing the love. So corporations have really gotten involved. We work with our corporate members on the parade. We started a parade last year here in Nashville um, Nashville Pride did, and all of our corporate members are in that. 
and they want to, they go all, all uh, month long talking about the different programs that they have internally for their LGBT employees. And um, you'll see we post in our, in our corporate offices to our homes, allies and uh, LGBT people flying pride flags. Um, it is a party. Uh, it would be a huge party if it wasn't for COVID-19. So all Pride festivals have been canceled. I don't know of any that are taking place anywhere in the world because um, of the situation that we find ourselves in. What I do find interesting is you didn't have one, you have not had the LGBT community protest or boycott or throw a fit about the cancellation of our Pride parades about following orders and wearing masks and, and living in the lockdown in the world that we're in. And it's largely because as a marginalized community, as a community, especially of gay men that have been affected by an uh, epidemic, by a virus, um, we listen to the government, we follow rules, we see that, that we come together as a community to take care of one another. And we see that you know, us not being able to do something, um, it's for the betterment of the entire community. Um, the response to COVID-19, you know, is no different from, you know, forging of the community through hardship. We've come together again, and we're looking to the future for, you know, maybe the changes that come out of this. Um, so, Pride Month. Um, we're gonna celebrate in different ways. It's gonna be virtual. There's a lot of virtual events that are, are taking place. We're working on an event um, at the end of the month to uh, with our sister city, Austin. Um, Austin's a music city as well. So we're gonna do a joint event with them, LGBT artists from both cities and um, they have a great LGBT chamber, very similar city to Nashville. And we will find ways to celebrate. And then you might see some um, different events. I don't know if we'll get back to the large festival this year, but definitely next year. But in October, which is LGBT History Month, I think you will see smaller events take place and a quote pride and pride events move to October. Joe, thank you for that that perspective and that education and history lesson. I think it's it's really important uh, to understand from whence we've come and why we go about doing the things we do, why we celebrate the way that we do, and why um, celebration in itself is, is important. Um, what I would love for you to really talk about is for that individual who is listening right now, who is struggling with their own identity, who is questioning whether or not they should do a certain thing, go a certain place, really just struggling with being themselves. Understanding your own personal story and being connected to a wealth of individuals, diverse individuals who have overcome challenges and struggles. What advice would you give those individuals? Um, the advice that I started off with, uh, with my own personal story is what I tell anybody struggling. It gets better, um, especially if you're young. I don't have to even try hard to remember how it felt as a high school student 
um, being ashamed of who I was and, and hiding who I truly was deep down inside and the feelings that I had deep down inside. Um, and I wish I knew then what I know now that it truly does get better to anybody else for whatever reason that you are struggling. And if you're not being yourself, be yourself. You get one shot at life. You get one shot to, to do what you can do to change the world and be happy. So don't waste it. Um, if you want to, if you don't like something, get involved and work to change it. Live your life freely and proudly and be who you are um, and be respectful of people. I really worry about our society of losing the basic respect for one another that makes us able to coexist. Um, the LGBT community has seen this firsthand, but it's spreading, you know, much more broadly. Um, I really worry about and about uh, my black brother and brothers and sisters in the LGBT community, those marginalized of a marginalized community. We don't talk about it a lot, but I have learned through, you know, education and talking with friends and, and um, black LGBT community members about the struggles that they face from, the, from their own community, the black community, but then the broader discrimination that they face by being black in today's society and being LGBT in today's society. And that is where I really think we need to, to have a conversation and further education about these issues um, within all aspects of that. But I would tell them to live your life, be proud, find the, the community and the family that will accept you. And there are people out there that will, and there's groups out there that will. And if your family doesn't, and if you're community doesn't that you grew up with, find another community, you know, because you only get one shot at this and make your, be happy um, and, and be proud and work hard to make a difference and make it better for others. Um, I think every day about those that are coming behind me, how can I make the world better for them? I was lucky enough to have good mentors and good friends take me under their wing and, um, a lot of lot of people in the LGBT community before me fight really hard for me to live in the world and the city that um, I live in now, and I want to pay that I want to pay that back and I want to pay it forward as well. Joe, it has been such a blessing to have you with us today as our guest, Joe Woolley with the LGBT. Chamber of Commerce in Nashville, Tennessee. I am so grateful to have been um, blessed with your presence today as Shane is as well. And I'm sure that we will be reaching out to you again because this is such a topic of diversity that needs to be heard. Um, and I believe in giving people a voice that have one and have something to say and know how to say it. So thank you so much. Where can people find you? How can people reach out to you if they have questions or just want to um, ask something that they may not want other people to know? Give us, give our guests somewhere to reach you. Um, thank you all for having me. It has been such a pleasure. Um, and I really appreciate you all uh, inviting me to, to share the, the story of myself and the story of the, the work of the chamber. 
You can find me on um, social media and um, you can find me at the Chamber website, NashvilleLGBTChamber.org. Just Google Nashville LGBT Chamber um, and it'll pop up. All of my contact information and all the ways to get involved with our organization are there. We do monthly networking events, educational events. Um, we highlight our members, our ally and LGBT members, and um, everything you know, you can find on the website. Thank you so much, and you have a great day. Stay safe, uh, stay alert, stay aware, and stay social distancing. That's right. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Please subscribe at www.fosteringhealthysolutions.com. We also want you to follow us on Instagram at Fostering Healthy Solutions. We look forward to connecting with you.